Hello and welcome to Life, Health, and Healing. I'm your host, Dr. Ted Cole. Uh, you can get on our webpage at www.colecenter.com, and that's spelled C-O-L-E. I've got our other web pages connected there, Cincinnati Hyperbarics and Dr. Vitamins. I also post on Facebook under the same names. That is Cincinnati Hyperbarics, Dr. Vitamins, and the Cole Center for Healing. And today, I'm going to do a fairly lengthy discussion about a critical study that's come about. The name of this study is Anti-Spike IgG Causes Severe Acute Lung Injury by Skewing Macrophage Responses During Acute SARS-CoV Infection. Now, that was published in... One second. (laughs) JCI Insight 2019. And why is this important? Well, the vaccine for the COVID infection is basically being pushed by everyone. And there's fears that this will even become mandatory. You have to carry cards saying you've been vaccinated and everything else. Well, (laughs) this is a problem that we're about to discuss today that has not been published in the media, not been discussed by doctors, not being told the public, and it is setting the framework for possibly the greatest vaccine injury debacle in the history of our society. I'm going to read a lot of this verbatim because I think it is that important. And I'll comment on it and describe what's going on. I apologize to those who are familiar with the terminology here, but I realize that some of these discussions in these um, publications can get pretty technical. So for those who aren't familiar with it, I'm going to go through and explain all of this in great detail. And I'll probably repeat myself because that's the way these articles go. They have several sections. They repeat things. They go over the findings. They go into detail. So I'm going to cover this again because I think it's critical information that everybody should know if you're at all considering getting one of these vaccines. And to put this quite bluntly, they are not vaccines according to the technical description. These are genetic tools. They use what's called messenger RNA or mRNA. And we'll get into what that means later on here. Now, I'm going to start reading the abstract of this publication. So I quote, Newly emerging viruses such as acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus, or SARS-CoV, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, COVS, or MERS-CoV, and H7N9 cause fatal acute lung injury by driving hypercytokinemia and aggressive inflammation through mechanisms that remain elusive. So what that means is hypercytokinemia. Cytokines are a type of part of the immune system. Now, there's a whole class of cytokines, and they have lots of different functions. But what they're referring to here is increasing the level of cytokines that cause damage and inflammation. Now I'm going to start reading this again. In SARS-CoV macaw models, that is in monkey models, we determined that anti-spike Ig, or S-IgG, in productively infected lungs causes severe acute lung injury by skewing inflammation-resolving processes. So when you give or you invoke, quote, anti-spike AG or SIGG, 
and this is what the vaccines do, they cause severe lung injury. Now, quoting again, alveolar macrophages underwent functional polarization of acutely infected macaws, demonstrating simultaneously both pro-inflammatory and wound healing characteristics. Okay, so macrophages are again part of the immune system. And in so many situations in our body, there are checks and balances. So macrophages have different kinds of responses. Some are involved in inflammation and some are involved in anti-inflammation or wound healing. Now, what they're finding is that there were changes in the function of these macrophages. So I'm going to start reading again. The presence of SIgG, or again, that's the anti-spike IgG, prior to viral, viral clearance, however, abrogated wound healing responses and promoted MCP1 and ILA production and pro-inflammatory monocyte macrophage recruitment and accumulation. <clears throat> so again, what's that saying is that this anti-spike IgG, which again is what the vaccines do, increased inflammation and damage. I'm going to repeat that. It increases inflammation and damage. And again, reading the abstract, critically, patients who eventually died of SARS displayed similarly accumulated pulmonary pro-inflammatory absence of wound healing macrophages and faster neutralizing antibody responses. Their sera-enhanced SARS-CoV-induced MCP1 and IL-8 production by human monocyte-derived wound healing macrophages, whereas blockade of SCYR reduce such effects. Our findings reveal a mechanism responsible for virus-mediated acute lung injury to find a pathological consequence of viral-specific antibody response and provide a potential target for treatment of SARS-CoV or other virus-mediated lung injury. So, again, what this whole abstract is stating is that when you give the vaccines that induce the effects that they do, they change the effect of the wound healing macrophages into neutral so that they no longer have an effect. But the inflammatory macrophages continue unchecked, thereby resulting in lung damage. Now I'm going to go into the introduction. Again, I'm going to read this verbatim pretty much here. Severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus, or SARS-CoV, causes fatal human respiratory disease. Patients with SARS display the characteristics of acute lung injury, including diffuse alveolar damage, epithelial necrosis, and fibrin and hyaline deposition. Okay, so what that means is the alveoli are parts of the lung. They're the little sacs where oxygen diffusion occurs. So they're getting damaged. Epithelial necrosis refers to death of cells. Fibrin and hyaline deposition means you're forming scar tissue which, of course, is going to decrease the function of the lungs, the ability of it to perform normally. Most pa- And again, reading back verbatim here. Most patients who die of SARS develop acute respiratory distress syndrome or ARDS, the most severe form of acute lung injury. Recent outbreaks of severe acute respiratory infection of emerging viruses, including Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, COVS, or MERS-CoV, highly pathogenic, avian influenza viruses, such as H5N1 and H7N9, 
highlight the need to characterize the mechanisms responsible for virus-mediated acute lung injury, or ARDS. Fundamental to ARDS is the acute onset of lung inflammation, which is intimately tied to monocyte, macrophage, polarization, and function. Lung macrophages are highly plastic and heterogeneous cells that are resident in the lung interstitium and alveoli are recruited upon inflammatory stimuli. So in order to have these lung failure, you've got to have inflammation. That inflammation is controlled by a great deal by the macrophages and monocytes, which are part of the immune system. Now, as it says, these cells have different functions. Some increase inflammation, some decrease it. So reading again verbatim, inflammatory monocytes and resident tissue macrophages play critical roles and initiate and maintaining inflammation during the acute stage of ARDS, remember, that's respiratory distress, as well as in the resolution phases of inflammation and recovery from ARDS. At steady state, resident macrophages are normally quiescent to prevent damaging the alveoli and are critically involved in normal tissue homeostasis. After tissue injury or during infection, resident macrophages become activated. Circulating monocytes can be efficiently recruited to the site of injury. Inflammatory monocytes and macrophages and resident macrophages undergo marked phenotypical and functional changes, and they be can be classified into pro-inflammatory, M1, or classically activated, and inflammatory resolving, or M2, alternatively activated wound healing or anti-inflammatory macrophages. With a continuum of macrophage polarization existing beyond these discrete categories. So, again, these macrophages and monocytes are kind of waiting around. They're just hanging out. They're like firemen in the station waiting for the bell to ring. Once that bell rings, once we start getting an infection, they jump into action. The classically activated, that is, the ones who are pro inflammatory, go first because they're there to resolve the infection, to kill off these infectious agents. The M2, or the alternatively activated cells, they follow up. They're there to clear the damage out. They're there to help repair, to clean up the aftermath from the infections. And all of this occurs as we function normally. So during acute infection, again, reading back here verbatim, during acute infection, monocytes and macrophages often display a phenotype of classically activated macrophages, that is the pro-inflammatory. These cells mediate host defenses against viruses and also promote lung injury by producing nitric oxide, ROS, IL-1, IL-6, IL-8, and TNF. Now those ILs, those are your cytokines, and TNF stands for tissue necrosis factor. So these are things that are going to cause inflammation, kill viruses, kill bacteria, and so on. Now reading again. Simultaneously, some macrophages may become alternatively activated, exerting anti-inflammatory function, and regulate wound healing by producing matrix metalloproteinases, or MMPs, growth factors, and anti-inflammatory cytokines, particularly TGF-beta. When a pathogen or inflammatory stimulus is eliminated, pro-inflammatory macrophages diminish predominant macrophage population assumes a wound healing phenotype. 
At the final recovery stage, macrophages show a regulatory suppressive phenotype, secreting increased levels of IL-10, which facilitates the resolution of wound healing and restores homostasis. When the wound healing response is well organized and controlled, the inflammatory response resolves quickly and normal tissue architecture is restored. Disturbances in wound healing response can lead to uncontrolled production of inflammatory mediators, contributing to a state of persistent injury. In patients who eventually died of SARS and animal models, extensive lung damage is associated with high initial viral loads, increased the IMM, those are your inflammatory macrophages and monocytes, accumulation in lungs, and elevated serum pro-inflammatory cytokines. While much is known about the terminal phase of SARS, little is known about the early immune events during the acute phase of infection. Studies defining macrophage heterogeneity and function during acute infection and acute lung injury using non-human primate and patient specimens are limited, and the factors deriving hypercytokinemia and aggressive inflammation remain elusive. So again, what we just read there was a description of the process whereby normally you have lots of inflammation, lots of destruction, lots of killing. Then the cells that do the repair work come in, they clean up the damage, reduce the inflammation, return the lungs and other tissues back to normal. If that gets disrupted and you give free reign to the pro-inflammatory agents, what you get is continued destruction of the lungs and other tissues. That is what the vaccines do, unfortunately. Now, back to reading the study. During the SARS outbreak in Hong Kong, most patients presented with abnormal chest radiographs, with approximately one quarter of these individuals progressing to acute lung injury. After 12 days, 80% of these SARS patients developed acute respiratory distress, coincident with IgG seroconversion. In a detailed analysis of antibody responses against SARS-CoV spike-S glycoprotein, we reported that the anti-S neutralizing antibody, or NAB, response developed significantly faster in deceased patients compared with recovered patients after the onset of clinical symptoms. It took an average of 20 days for the recovered patients to reach their, reach their peak of NAB, or S-neutralizing antibody, activities as opposed to only 14.7 days for the decreased, for, I'm sorry, deceased patients. Moreover, the actual NAB titer is significantly higher in deceased patients compared with that in the recovered patients during the same time period. These findings suggest a role of anti-S antibodies in SARS-CoV-mediated acute lung injury during acute infection. Consistently, pre-existing serum antibodies against influenza antigens were found to associate with worse clinical severity and poor outcomes in patients during the 2009 influenza pandemic. Moreover, multiple vaccine platforms and viral infection appeared to induce SARS-CoV-specific immune memory that enhanced lung inflammation following homologous challenge in mice and African green monkeys. The mechanism responsible for the immunopathologic reaction remains elusive. Recent studies suggest that T-cells play a crucial role in production of mice against lethal SARS-CoV infection. 
enhance pulmonary immunopathology in vaccinated and challenged animals reflect an inadequate TH1 response. The role of virus-specific antibody response is SARS-CoV-induced lung injury is yet to be clearly defined. Therefore, we use vaccination and anti-SIG passive immunization strategies to evaluate the effects of anti-S antibodies in SARS-CoV-induced acute lung injury in Chinese rhesus monkeys. Our results now show that in productively infected lungs, anti-SIG causes severe acute lung injury by skewing inflammatory resolving responses during acute infection. Okay, so I know that's a long paragraph. And what does it mean? (laughs) So what they're finding is a very distinct response in patients who died versus those who did not from COVID, from SARS. Now, previously, they're saying, well, we weren't quite sure why that happened. But this study looked at exactly that question, and they used the type of vaccines that are now being distributed, and they showed without any equivalent, without any doubt, without any question, that the mechanism of these vaccines causes severe lung injury, and it skews these macrophage monocyte populations into inflammatory populations and it decreases the effect of the healing monocytes, the ones in the macrophages that decrease the inflammation. And this now is part of a results section of this. And the heading on this is vaccine-induced S-specific immunity resulted in severe acute lung injury in SARS-CoV-infected Chinese macaws, or monkeys. So... You're showing here in this particular part of the paper, this is where they did the study and they used monkeys to check this, which are going to have the same reaction as we humans. We're pretty close to them in most ways. And the vaccine induced horrible lung injury. It increased the lung pathology. That's not a good sign. So I'm going to read furthermore. Another heading, again, this is in the results section. Anti-SIGG induced severe lung injury during acute SARS-CoV infection. So, when, let me read this again before I comment. So, in our previous study, the one I just mentioned, inoculation of Chinese macaws with SARS-CoV led to lower respiratory tract infection in all animals within two days. However, most of them rapidly cleared infection in the lung, and all of the animals exhibited mild lung lesions before three days post-infection. Severe lung injury in SARS-CoV-infected Chinese macaws has not been detected until seven days post-infection. To determine the effects of anti-S antibody on the extent of SARS-CoV-mediated lung injury, we adoptively transferred 5 milligram, which is low dose, and 200 milligram high dose, purified anti-SIG from ADS-MVA vaccinated but unchallenged macaws into two groups of unvaccinated macaws. So what they're saying, again, is that if you don't inoculate, if you don't vaccinate, they get some lung injury, but they recover. When you vaccinate, most of them do not. <laughs> so, 
Again, I'll repeat this heading. Anti-spike antibodies induced acute lung injury and SARS-CoV infected Chinese rhesus macaws. That means the vaccine. So I'm going to read again verbatim here. Consistent with the findings in the control ADC-MVA vaccinated group, histopathological exam in the lungs indicated minor and moderate inflammation at day 2 and 21 in CIgG recipients, respectively. In contrast, all SIgG recipients exhibited symptoms of acute diffuse alveolar disease with various degrees of exudation, hyaline membrane formation, and hemorrhage and inflammatory cells with an alveolus at both day 2 and 21. So again, what they're saying is that SIgG, that's the vaccine. That's the one that created the problems. And furthermore, I'll read here the finding. Therefore, we conclude that despite viral suppression, the presence of SIgG at the acute stage of SARS-CoV infection caused severe acute lung injury that persists until lung stages. So it's causing acute lung injury right away, and it continues to occur. Here's a reading again. SIgG failed to prevent SARS-CoV lower respiratory tract infection and amplified the inflammatory monocyte macrophage infiltration accumulation in the lungs. So again, repeating it is that the way the vaccine is working, when they tested this, it didn't prevent the lower respiratory tract infection. And in fact, it made the damage to the lungs worse. Not what you would like in terms of trying to protect a population against problems here. So this is something where, you know, you have to step back and look at science. I'm not here to talk about any kind of you know, conspiracy or those kind of things. Pretty much the answers are always the same with this. It's always money and politics. But this is something you should know, and I'm going to continue reading here again. This is another highlight on this. So reading, SIgG treatment skewed wound healing macrophage response in lungs during acute SARS-CoV infection. So what that means is what it did, and this is the vaccine, what it's going to do, is it affects primarily the macrophages that are there to help with the wound healing, not the wound inflammation part. So that what you're getting is unchecked activated macrophages, which are increasing your inflammatory damage. Again, reading the study, onset of an antibody response prior to viral clearance is associated with abrogated wound healing responses and increased IMM, that's the infiltrative monocyte macrophage, lung infiltration in unvaccinated Chinese rhesus macaws. To understand the mechanism underlying the time-restricted roles of SIgG in promoting acute lung infection, they con we conducted a temporal analysis of the productive viral infection, antibody response, and macrophage functional changes in unvaccinated Chinese macaw during the first week of infection. And what they found was that the normal process 
works. Homeostasis was restored at about seven days post-infection, and the wound healing macrophages occurred and cleared things up. But with the vaccine, what you're getting is persistent viral replication and concomitant NAB detection is associated with increased IMM lung infiltration and reduced wound healing macrophage numbers. So again, we're seeing a decrease in the healing function increase or unchecked of the inflammatory process here. So now we're going to get to the discussion. And again, I'm going to read a lot of this. And again, it's going to be kind of repetitive, but that's the way these studies go. And I think it's important anyway, because it's really important to fully understand what we're talking about here, which I hope you've gotten kind of the grift so far. So reading the discussion, here we present evidence of a detrimental role of anti-SIgG in acute lung infection during SARS-CoV infection. In other words, the vaccine is harmful. Reading again, respiratory COVS infection poses a unique challenge to the immune system. Not only must the virus be rapidly eliminated, but lung inflammation must also be controlled to prevent acute respiratory failure. In the present study, we show that despite markedly reducing virus titers, anti-SIgG caused lung injury during the early stages of infection by abrogating a wound healing macrophage response and TGF beta production while promoting pro-inflammatory cytokine IL-8 and MCP1 production and inflammatory macrophage accumulation. To our knowledge, our data demonstrate a previously unrecognized mechanism underlying virus-mediated acute lung injury and suggests that modulation of the anti-S antibody response or blockage of FCY receptors during acute infection might be needed for acute treatment uh, I'm sorry, for effective treatment for respiratory COVID infection. So in other words, again, the vaccine, when you're dealing with the type of response they're doing with the anti-SIgG, it's going to increase lung damage, even though the viral titers reduce and it looks like it's having a positive effect. The longer term effect is it's doing more damage. Just reading, I want to make sure I get all this. Okay, so reading again. SARS-CoV infection of Chinese macaws often characterized by the rapid control of viral replication with mild lung lesions in most macaws. The mechanisms underlying why Chinese macaws do not often develop acute, un, acute lung injury, as observed in most SARS patients, are largely unknown. Our data suggests that these effects in part reflect the rapid control of viral replication in the lungs, which peaked between 24 and 48 hours after inoculation and diminished within seven days, thus creating an interval between lung inflammation and high-titer antibody production in most macaws. Indeed, although SARS-CoV infection resulted in significant infiltration of macrophages in the lungs, the number of macrophages was rapidly reduced following viral clearance at three days post-infection. At seven days post-infection, inflammation appeared to be mostly resolved. By contrast, 
Control of virus replication is less efficient in SARS patients, and the peak in viral load coincides with first appearances of an antibody response approximately 10 days after the onset of symptoms. The low rate of acute lung infection and interval between lung inflammation resolution and antibody production, however, makes Chinese macaws an ideal animal model for the present study. Using vaccination and passive immunization, we condition anti-S antibody titers in macaws during the early stages of infection when acute lung injury was not typically observed. We found that prior administration of anti-SIG G led to massive accumulation of monocytes, macrophages in the lungs within two days post-infection. This result is consistent with previous reports in which mice given the SARS vaccine exhibited an immunopathologic lung reaction after the subsequent challenge with SARS-CoV. Moreover, in SARS patients, clinical course and outcome are more favorable in children younger than 12 years of age compared with adolescents and adults indicating that prior alternative COVID infection might play a role in driving enhanced pulmonary inflammation. A recent study reported pathogenic immune complexes promoted lung injury during the 2009 H1N1 pandemic. It remains unknown whether immune complexes may play a role in driving acute lung injury during SARS-CoV infection. So again, what they're saying here is it's something where you're having to look not only at present infection, but repeated exposures over time. And this seems to kind of prime the system to have a response. And that response, once out of control, results in damage to the lungs. And unfortunately, the vaccine is capable of driving that damage. So reading again. Detailed analysis of macrophage heterogeneity at different stages of infection and in lungs with severe injury or mild lesion revealed distinct roles for pro-inflammatory and wound healing macrophages in SARS disease progression. We observed that the early transition of macrophage responses from pro-inflammatory to wound healing with increased TGF beta expression is associated with inflammation resolution and mild lung injury. By contrast, Abrogated wound healing by SIgG resulted in decreased TGF beta production and prolonged classical macrophage activation, and it promoted severe lung injury. So again, repeating the fact that uh, if you just do it normally, you get a little bit of lung damage, but it resolves because the macrophages respond normally. But when you use a vaccine using SGIG, which all the vaccines are doing, you get increased inflammation decreased wound healing, and severe lung injury. Now, I'm going to read, uh, this is a commentary about this study, and it's going to, again, repeat a number of things that I'm saying, but the title of this is Vaccine-Induced Spike Antibodies, Havoc on the Lungs. And it goes into a little more detail about some of these other issues. So, Again, I think it's well worth hearing. I know this is a long podcast, and I apologize if it's too long for some people. Keep your attention here. But I do consider this to be critical, considering the kind of landscape we're dealing with. So I'm going to read this verbatim. When the coronavirus vaccine is injected, the mRNA, or messenger RNA, contains instructions for building the spike protein that has been identified on the surface of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. 
The cell's reverse transcriptase enzymes are called into action, leading to the mass production of the spike S protein, protein thought to play a vital role in its infectivity. So, and it goes on to say, however, is this a good thing? <laughs> so what it means is mRNA, which is, that's what these vaccines are. They are really genetic delivery systems, mRNA. RNA is part of our gene process. It instructs cells to build and produce these spike proteins. So, as they say, I'm going to again read this verbatim. The investigation was undertaken to study the effect vaccine-induced spike protein antibodies have on preventing SARS-CoV infections and to examine the possible effect spike protein antibodies have on the immune system. What the researchers discovered was startling. 16 macaw monkeys were given two injections. Half of the animals received modified vaccinia virus with an inserted spike protein or a control vaccine made with a modified vaccinia virus without the spike protein. Three healthy non-vaccinated monkeys were included as additional controls. Animals were sacrificed between weeks 9 and 21 after receiving the second injection. The vaccine containing the spike protein induced very high antibody responses to the spike protein, anti-SIgG. Although the antibodies had reduced the viral load in the upper respiratory tract, they caused a serious antibody-enhanced injury in the lungs. In fact, there was a direct and positive correlation between the level of antibody in serum and the degree of lung injury. The tissues had evidence of diffuse alveolar damage, with various degrees of exudate, pus-like fluid, and hemorrhage or bleeding. Even more, the lungs were filled with large quantities of macrophages or pus that had been weakened and deactivated. So, again, summarizing what I've read here, I wanted to give you the details. And I'm going to now read, again, verbatim. Macrophages are a type of white blood cell that engulf, digest, and eliminate microbes and four proteins through a process called phagocytosis. There are two primary types of macrophages. The M1 cells kill pathogens by secreting pro-inflammatory mediators, and the M2 cells, which have an anti-inflammatory function and regulate wound healing. Antibodies formed against the SARS-CoV spike protein binds to the surface of M2 macrophages and weaken their function allowing the M1 macrophages to release unchecked quantities cytokines. Instead of healing and repairing the infected lung tissues, the anti-SIgG antibodies stifle the M2 cells and promote M1-caused inflammation. The results are a disaster. And now we go into, this is a summary of the study's findings. We present evidence of a detrimental role of the anti-SIgG anti-spike protein antibody in acute lung injury during a SARS-CoV infection. Vaccine-induced spike-specific antibodies resulted in severe acute lung injury in SARS-CoV-infected Chinese macaw. Anti-SIgG antibody failed to prevent SARS-CoV low respiratory tract infection, pneumonia, and amplify or increase M1 macrophage infiltration accumulation in the lungs. Anti-SIgG causes severe acute lung injury when the lungs become reinfected and or re-exposed to coronaviruses by removing the inflammation-resolving work of the M2 macrophages. Animals who died of SARS-CoV infection had an accumulation of pro-inflammatory 
M1 macrophages and an absence of wound healing M2 macrophages in their lungs. Histological examination of the lungs in six of the vaccinated macaws revealed acute diffuse alveolar damage with various degrees of severity. Most of the macaws in the control group, given the non-spike protein vaccine, showed only minor to moderate lung infection. Without the presence of anti-S IgG antibodies, M2 macrophage began healing the lungs within two days of infections. The above study was very recent, and again, I'm reading here verbatim, uh, and again, it was done in 2019, but it is one of many dating back to 2002 documenting how damaging the COVID vaccines are going to be once a person is vaccinated and then is re-exposed to circulating coronaviruses. Now remember, coronaviruses are everywhere. These come around every year. These are not rare. They're not uncommon. It just happened that this one mutated and became much more infectious. But coronaviruses are very common. We get them every year. Now back to reading. But that's not the only problem caused by the COVID-19 vaccines. Most garden variety respiratory viruses cause infection by binding to specific receptors on the surface of the host cells. To block this attachment, antibodies formed from previous infections or by vaccines bind the circulating virus and neutralize it. This stops or at least weakens the progression to a full-blown infection. However, in some viruses, the antibodies formed against them bind only loosely to the viral surface proteins. Instead of stopping an infection, this mechanism provokes invasion into the cell, enhancing the infection instead of stopping it. So, in other words, this is going to get worse over time. Vaccines are going to cause worse infections and more infections over time because it's weakening the ability of our systems to respond to future infections. So I'm going to read again here, antibodies neutralizing versus non-neutralizing. A neutralizing antibody is shaped like the letter Y. The upper arms are called the FAB fragments and the stem is called the FC fragment. The FAB fragments bind to invading pathogen. The FC fragment then binds to an FC receptor on the surface of white blood cells, such as macrophages, Normally, this signals the white blood cells to release tiny bits of inflammatory chemicals to destroy the microbes. However, when the spike protein antibody, again, anti-SIgG, engages with the FC receptor on the surface of the cytomembrane, the, quote, door opens and allows a complex to enter the host cells. And if the FAB fragments of the antibody are only weakly bound to the surface of the pathogenic protein, the antibody acts like a Trojan horse. The loosely bound protein material escapes from the end of the FAB fragment and hijacks that reverse transcriptase enzyme system and begins to replicate, enhancing the infection rather than stopping it. So in other words, this antibody, this Y-shaped antibody, attaches to the cell. The pathogen is attached to it and it enters the cell. And because it's loosely attached, the infectious agent now releases, goes into the cell, and uses our own cell's mechanisms in order to help duplicate itself. This is how the process of antibody 
derived enhancement or ADE works. It's like having an on button on a replicator, but no off button. As the mRNA replicates, more and more non-neutralizing antibody is produced, leading to accelerated autoimmune diseases, primarily affecting the lungs, liver, and kidneys. Antibody-derived enhancement may even play on the role of fulminant acute respiratory disease syndrome, distress syndrome, sorry, after patients have recovered from COVID. And antibody-derived enhancement has been identified in more than 40 kinds of viruses, including HIV, dengue, fever, West Nile, and coronaviruses. There are seven or the 36 circulating coronavirus strains are known to affect humans. In a 2012 study of mice, ferrets, hamsters, and cynomogalus monkeys, I've never heard of those, <laughs> using various coronavirus proteins and various adjuvants, researchers reported immunopathology in every animal that had been vaccinated and then re-exposed to the SARS-CoV virus. Researchers clearly stated the following. This combined experience provides concern for trials with SARS-CoV vaccines in humans. Clinical trials with SARS-CoV-coronavirus vaccines have been conducted and reported to induce antibody responses and to be, quote, safe. However, the evidence for safety is for a short period of observation. The concern arising from the present report is for an immunopathologic reaction occurring among vaccinated individuals on re-exposure to infectious SARS-CoV, the basis for developing a vaccine for SARS. Researchers concluded the following. The SARS-CoV vaccines all induced antibody protection against infection with SARS-CoV. However, viral challenge of the mice given any of the vaccines led to the occurrence of Th2-type immunopathology suggesting hypersensitivity to SARS-CoV components. Caution in proceeding to application of a SARS-CoV vaccines in humans is indicated. So, the final statement, with all the evidence being ignored, is avoiding an infection with a 99% survival rate worth the risk of the vaccine. So what we're going to be facing if this evidence is correct, was I have no doubt it's been replicated again. Remember the date. This started looking at this in 2012. This is almost nine years ago now. So this evidence is not mysterious. It's it's not hidden. This has been known now for eight, nine years. You have to think that these companies knew about it. And there is evidence that Moderna looked at this mechanism of this vaccine and gave it up saying that there was no future in it because it's too dangerous, caused too many side effects. So I'm afraid that all these people getting the vaccine are now down the road going to become extremely ill from the vaccine when they get re-exposed to any of these viruses. That might be a month, it might be four months, it might be a year down the road. But I fear, based on the evidence of what I've just read to you, that we are in for one heck of a ride that we're going to see an extreme situation of vaccine damage as time goes on. This is why I'm holding back from getting this vaccine. and I'm not in a rush to get it. I'm going to sit back and wait. I'm going to see if this holds true, which by all evidence appears that it will. So thanks for your time. 
I apologize for the length of this one and the detail and having to read everything. But again, given the nature of the situation we're in and this constant hitting of vaccine and the, the, the battle to get people to take it and the shaming that occurs that goes on. I mean, all of the factors that uh, really display, as far as I'm concerned, ignorance of the science about this is appalling. And I hope to God that we see some common sense and start really looking at the science behind this and not just doing a political kind of maneuver here where we think we're telling people we're doing something that's helpful to make them feel good, but in the long run, it's really going to present quite a health problem for the population that gets these vaccines. So thanks once again. Uh Take care and stay healthy.